Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Minas Tirith Archives History of Middle Earth podcast, where we delve deep into the history of Middle Earth. I'm your host, Phil, and man, am I glad to be back. I am so sorry that there's been such a delay on these episodes. Murphy's Law has been bringing the hammer down on us like crazy lately. But I am back and ready to give you guys more content. This episode is brought to you by Andrew Zimmerman. Thank you so much for your support. Here in the Ministry of Archives, we dive deep into a particular person or place in Middle Earth and go through their entire history. This podcast also follows along with the chapters of the book, as well as another podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to check out an unexpected podcast, the chapter-by-chapter reread of Lord of the Rings by Ezra and Lane. If you guys have any questions or anything you want answered, uh, there's a couple ways you can get a hold of us. You can either send us an email to ministerwitharchives at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Facebook. And our Facebook page is Ministry of Archives, History of Middle Earth. Or you can post it to the wall in the History of Middle Earth podcast group. A couple fun announcements for you guys. If you haven't seen the posts in, on the Facebook page already, we have a website now, ministerofarchives.com. I thought historyofmiddleearthpodcast.com was a little too long. So I went with just ministerofarchives.com. And we have some fun things on there. We have all of our historical posts on people and locations. They are all right there on the homepage. And that is where our, our content will be posted to from now on. It'll, it'll still be shared in the group, but that's where you'll be able to catch it first. We have a link to our Etsy shop, which right now we just have some Ministry Earth Archives, History of Middle Earth Podcast stickers. That are That's just our logo. And I have a couple more things I'm looking to be released in the next week or so. Uh, just trying to build up a inventory of them so, so people aren't waiting forever for it to finally arrive. We also have just a little about section and then a quick and easy way to contact us, which you can just fill out the little form and it'll put an email right into our inbox. So to start us off today, we are going to again go into the history, uh, or this coming week in the history of Middle Earth. Today is Monday, September 2nd, and this is the anniversary of Professor Tolkien's death. He passed away in 1973. Friday, September 6th, is when Bilbo learns how to make his way through Thranduil's caverns. This is in 2941. And in 3018, a while later, is when Frodo prepares to leave Bag End for his home in Krikalo. Sunday, the 15th, the last day will do, in 2941, Saruman agrees to attack Dolgaldor, and in 3018, Gandalf is still being held captive atop of Orthanc, and he's been there since July 10th, so he's been there a good while. And more recently, in 1977, the Silmarillion was published. So for a quick chapter recap, in chapter 4, the hobbits continue on their journey with the elves who had disappeared by the time they woke up. 
They encounter Farmer Maggot, who ends up being a really nice guy, actually. And he feeds them all dinner and takes them to the Brandywine River, where they encounter a mysterious figure that just turns out to be Mary. So today, we're doing something a little fun, I guess, I hope. We have a combined episode for you all. We're going to do... We're going to be doing both Mary and Pippin. So we're going to start off with Mr. Peregrine Took. Peregrine Took. I might have known. Peregrine Took, more commonly known as Pippin, was born in TA 2990, or 1390 by Shire Reckoning, and was the son of Paladin Took II and Eglantine Banks. He was the youngest of four children who are all older sisters, Pearl, Pimpernel, and Pervinza. Like any hobbit, Pippin was carefree and wasn't concerned with all what was going on outside of the Shire. However, this changed completely after he joined in with Frodo and Sam on their quest to Bree, and eventually Mordor. His father's sister, Esmeralda Took, was the mother of Meriadoc Brandybuck, thus making Pippin and Merry cousins. Through his father, Pippin was the second cousin, once removed from Frodo, and first cousin, twice removed from Bilbo Baggins. Pippin was a member of the Conspirators, which was a group consisting of Samwise Gamgee, Mariadoc Brandybuck, Peregrine Took, and Fatty Bulger. The self-described Conspirators were friends Frodo Baggins, who discovered that he was making plans to leave the Shire in order to escape some danger related to the rink and conspired to assist him without his knowledge. In Buckland, they were joined by his kinsman and dearest friend, Mary Doc Brandybuck and Fredegar Bolger. It was there that Frodo learned about his friend's conspiracy and that they did not intend to let him leave the Shire without them. The stuffiness and eeriness of the old forest made Pippin the most uncomfortable of the four hobbits, with him becoming more and more suspicious of the intentions of the forest. Unfortunately for Pippin and the other hobbits, they needed rescuing from Old Man Willow very early on in their adventure. Then, shortly after meeting Tom Bombadil, thanks to him rescuing them, they were captured by Barrow Whites. They were then rescued once again, thanks to Bombadil. After their rescue is when Pippin acquired a dagger of westerness, along with the other hobbits. While at the Prancing Pony, Pippin began to recklessly tell the story of Bilbo's birthday and the subsequent disappearance. In order to prevent information about the ring being revealed, Frodo started to sing. During the song, Frodo fell from the table and the ring slipped upon his finger. Shortly after this is when they met a man by the name of Strider. He then informed them about the mysterious black riders that had been following them. He started the hobbits on the trek to Rivendell when Frodo was stabbed by the Witch King on Weathertop. They continued through to Rivendell with the help of Glorfindel, where Frodo received the necessary medicine and the hobbits got their much-needed rest. After not being included at the Council of Elrond, Merry and Pippin were able to join the Fellowship on their quest thanks to the approval from Gandalf. Although Elrond seemed to doubt his capability for the quest, but Pippin proved to be a loyal and courageous friend. This also made him the youngest member of the Fellowship. In Moria, Pippin's curiosity dropped a stone down the well, which led to beating drums from beneath the ground, and naturally, he incurred Gandalf's wrath. Fool of a took! Throw yourself in next time and rid us of your stupidity! While trekking across Middle-earth, Boromir taught Merry and Pippin how to use a sword. The hobbit's small size and natural balance made them quick learners, enough to give even some Urukai trouble before they were later captured. 
Pippin, thinking on his feet, threw down his elven brooch as a sign to Aragorn, letting them know that he was tracking them in the right direction. Eventually being accidentally rescued by the Rohirrim, Pippin and Merry made their escape into Fangorn, where they met Treebeard and someone else they did not expect. While under the watch of Treebeard, the Ents marched to war against Saruman, and Merry and Pippin gladly joined in. Hobbits have a natural ability to throw stones with incredible speed and accuracy. The skip this skill helped Pippin and Merry to dispatch some orcs during the siege of Isengard with the Ents. Pippin had a great curiosity and eagerness to learn, to a fault in some, certain circumstances. In Orthanc, Pippin picked up the Palantir, which Grima Wurmed Tum threw. His curiosity drove him to look into the Palantir where he saw Sauron, and thus leading Sauron to believe he had the ring. Gandalf took Pippin to the safest place in Middle-earth at the time, Minas Tirith. Once Pippin arrived at Minas Tirith with Gandalf, he pledged his service to Denethor II, father of Boromir, as a way to repay his debt since Boromir was killed trying to save the hobbits he grew to love. Pippin was then named Guard of the Citadel. Ironically enough, the sword that Pippin had carried had Gondorian Arnorin defense, or origins. While in Minas Tirith, Pippin befriended Baragond, a fellow guard of the Citadel, and Faramir, Boromir's younger brother. Denethor was amused at the hobbit's manners, especially the way he spoke to him in a very informal and personalized, familiar language, as with a close friend or a social equal, since the hobbitish dialect lacked formal forms. Denethor's servants were astonished to this view, and probably gave strength to the rumor that Pippin was of very high social rank within his own country, and soon a wild rumor circulated. During the Battle of Pelennor Fields, Pippin witnessed Denethor preparing a pyre for him and unconscious Faramir. Knowing he couldn't handle the situation by himself, he quickly went out in search for Gandalf and saved Faramir from being burned to death. Denethor, however, was not rescued and threw himself off Minas Tirith. Pippin fought all through Minas Tirith during the Battle of Middle-earth and even saved unconscious Faramir's life in the process. He eventually made his way out to look for Merry and his other friends out on Pelennor Fields after the battle. Pippin found Merry all in a daze due to Merry's confrontation with the Witch King of Angmar, and took him to the House of Healing, where he was healed by Aragorn. Pippin then accompanied Aragorn and the Army of the West to the Battle of the Black Gate in order to draw out Sauron's forces from Mordor. During this battle, Pippin brought down an Olag Hai, a race of troll bred by Sauron, and was the first hobbit ever to do so. Unfortunately for Pippin, the troll then fell on him and knocked him unconscious, which sounds exactly like how Pippin's luck would go. But thankfully, Gimli took notice and pulled him out before he suffocated and or was completely crushed. The small citadel guard attire given to Pippin had once belonged to a noble and respected prince of Gondor, young Faramir. What were you thinking, Peregrine Took? What service can a hobbit offer such a great lord of men? It was well done. A generous deed should not be checked with cold counsel. You were to join the Tower Guard. I didn't think they would find any livery that would fit me. Once belonged to a young boy of the city. A very foolish one. Who wasted many hours slaying dragons instead of attending to his studies. This was yours? Yes, it was mine. My father had it made for me. Well, 
I'm taller than you were then, though I'm not likely to grow anymore, except sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Never fitted me either. Boromir was always the soldier. They were so alike, he and my father. Proud, stubborn even, but strong. I think you have strength of a different kind. And one day your father will see it. His suit consisted of a hauberk surmounted by a coat of black cloth, cloth that bore the white tree of Gondor with seven stars overhead. He wore a, st a standard Gondorian helm made from steel with seabird wings engraved into it. Pippin then kept his elven cloak and wore that over top of his armor. After the War of the Ring was over, King Elisar knighted Pippin and gave him permission to return home to the Shire. Pippin took his leave to return home and was welcomed back to Gondor whenever he wanted. After returning to the Shire, Pippin and the other hobbits helped dispatch the remainder of Saruman's forces and then rebuilt the Shire after the scouring. Pippin went off to Tookland and raised up the Tooks in rebellion, and when he returned for the Battle of Bywater, he brought 100 strong hobbits with him. Pippin and Merry jointly commanded the hobbit victory, and their names were placed at the top of the roll, commemorating those who fought in the battle. In the year 6 of the Fourth Age, Pippin married Diamond of Longcleave, when she was 32 and he himself was 37. They had one son, Faramir took the first who later married Samwise Gamgee's daughter, Goldilocks Gardner. Pippin then became the 32nd Thane of the Shire in the Fourth Age 13. In Shire Reckoning 1436, King Elisar rode north and stayed in Anumanas and met Pippin, Mary, and Sam at the Brandywine Bridge. In Shire Reckoning 1452, the king, as a gift, added the West March to the Shire, and in Shire Reckoning 1455, Pippin appointed Fastred, son-in-law of Sam, as the first warden of Westmarch. As Thane, Pippin collected a library of historical information at Great Smiles, especially information relating to Numenor and the heirs of Elendil. It was at Great Smiles that the Tale of Years was likely put together, with assistance from Mary. Pippin then retired 50 years later in 4th Age 63, when he re revisited Rohand and Gondor with Mary. He then remained in Gondor for the rest of his life. Pippin died somewhere in the year 4th age 63 and was laid to rest with Mary in Gondor. After the great king Elisar, Aragorn, died in the 4th age 120, Mary and Pippin were entombed next to their great king. Pippin would have been about 97 to 100 years old at this time of his death and retired at the age of 94. Alright, and there you have it. That is a history of Peregrine Took. Now, on to Meriadoc Brandybuck. Meriadoc, the magnificent Brandybuck, better known as Mary, was born in TA 2982. Fun fact, Meriadoc means Great Lord in Welsh. Mary was the only child of Saradoc Brandybuck, the master of Buckland, and Elsmerel de Took, the younger sister of Paladin Took II. This made him first cousin to Paladin Took's son, Pippin. He was also his closest friend. Mary was the heir of the Brandy Bucks to Brandy Hall, and after his participation to the War of the Ring, eventually became the master there. 
Mary loved boats and ponies and had a great interest in the old maps of Middle-earth. Even during his time waiting in Rivendell, he was going over maps and looking at the different paths to Mordor. He was very intelligent and perceptive. Around TA 3000, Mary witnessed a strange scene. He saw Bilbo Baggins become invisible in order to avoid meeting in order to avoid a meeting with the Sackville Bagginses. Startled, he got through the hedge and walked along the field inside and watched as Bilbo reappeared and put on a glint and put a glint of gold in his pocket. This made teenage Mary Doc very curious, and he even looked into Bilbo's private diary. He also guarded Bag End after Bilbo's party, protecting Frodo from the various and often unwanted guests. Mary kept all of his knowledge secret, but was always suspicious. He was present with his family at Bilbo's farewell party, and since Bilbo's disappearance, he believed that Frodo would soon follow. He only shared his secrets with the conspirators. He also was the force behind the conspirators of Sam, Pippin, and Fredegar, Fatty, Bulger, and himself to help Frodo. Because of all this, even before the quest of the ring begins, the, conspir the conspirators sought to protect Frodo without his knowledge. When Frodo sold Bag End to move into Crick Hollow, Mary and Fredegar were told to wait for him and make preparations for his arrival. However, knowing that Frodo would begin a secret journey, also arranged for provisions and ponies, planning to accompany him. On the appointed day, Mary went to Buckleberry Ferry and waited for Frodo, Sam, and Pippin, who arrived a couple days later on Farmer Maggot's wagon. His shortcut through the old forest served them well because they avoided the Black Riders and met Tom Bombadil, who helped them a couple times. At one point, Mary himself was confused for a Black Rider by the other hobbits while waiting on the trail with Farmer Maggot. Shortly after they began their trek, they needed rescuing from Old Man Willow, where a man named Tom Bombadil rescued them. During the following trip to Rivendell, Mary seemed to have greater knowledge of the Old Forest than any of the other hobbits. However, this only lasted up until they encountered Old Man Willow, where both Mary and Pippin were captured and had to be rescued by Tom Bombadil. Mary and Pippin were captured again, along with Sam and Frodo, by a barrel weight upon the barrel downs, but Tom again came to their rescue. Before leaving, he told them to keep the daggers of Westerness found in the Barrow Downs, and he advised them to spend the night at the Prancing Pony Inn inside Bree. While in Bree, the hobbits met a man by the name of Strider, who then informed them about the mysterious black riders that had been following them. What are they? They were once men. Great kings of men. Then Sauron the Deceiver gave to them nine rings of power. Blinded by their greed, they took them without question, one by one, falling into darkness. And now they are slaves to his will. They are the Nazgul, ring wraiths, neither living nor dead. At all times they feel the presence of the ring, drawn to the power of the one. They will never stop hunting you. After reaching Rivendell, he and Pippin insisted on not being left behind on the quest of the ring after the Council of Elrond took place. They were then chosen as the 8th and ninth members of the Fellowship of the Ring. Again, while trekking across Middle-earth, Boromir taught Merry and Pippin how to use a sword, and their size and balance was an asset to them. Merry aided Pippin in an attempt to deceive Grishnak into thinking that they had the One Ring, and that he could have it. 
Because of this, they escaped into Fangorn Forest during the attack, where they were accidentally rescued by Aomer and his outriders. There, they met Treebeard. They became the first mortals for many centuries to, encount to encounter the Ents of Fangorn. After the siege of Isengard, it was while they were enjoying Saruman's pipeweed that they were reunited with the surviving heroes of Helm's Deep, which included several more Fellowship members like Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. They then returned to Edoras to regroup and come up with a new plan. After staying at Edoras, Merry swore his allegiance to King Theoden, becoming Esquire of Rohan. Excuse me. I have a sword. Please accept it. I offer you my service, Theoden King. And gladly, I accept it. You shall be Mariado, Esquire of Rohan. After Gondor called for aid and Theoden agreed to answer, Mary was forbidden, firmly but gently, by the king to ride with him to the aid of Minas Tirith because he could not ride the mighty horses of the Rohirrim so fast and so far. Mary was disappointed until a young rider named Durnhelm offered to bear him on his horse. Mary snuck into the final movement of the Pelennor Fields with the help of Eowyn, disguised as Durnhelm. Unfortunately, during the battle, they were thrown from their horse when the Witch King entered the battle to attack Theoden. Affected by black breath, Mary lay almost senseless on the ground, hearing the voice of Durnhelm standing over the body of Theoden, who had been mortally wounded by the Witch King, defying the Nazgul. Shortly after, King Theoden was killed by the Witch King, and Eowyn stepped up to battle the Witch King alone. She was knocked to the ground by a deadly blow from the Witch King, breaking her arm in the process. Just before the Witch King was about to kill Eowyn with a finishing blow, Mary rose to attack the Witch King in order to protect her. He stabbed the Witch King through the calf with the barrel blade he still bore, thus breaking the spell of, of invulnerability surrounding the wraith. He fainted as Eowyn finished off the Witch King with a thrust into the head. After the battle, Pippin found him ill and wandering in a daze outside of Minas Tirith and alerted Aragorn, who brought him into the city. Almost killed by the Black Breath, he and Eowyn were revived by Aragorn in the Houses of Healing. Because of his condition, he was unable to join the Army of the West to take part in the Battle of the Moranon, but afterwards attended the burial of Theoden, at which he wept greatly. Upon his departure for the Shire, he was given a special horn by Aomer and Eowyn as a parting gift, which was later used in the Battle of Bywater. For his bravery in battle, King Aomer, as a new king of Rohan, knighted him and gave him the name Holdwine. During the scouring of the Shire, he was in the forefront of the Battle of Bywater, using the horn of Rohan presented to him by Eowyn. Merry and Pippin were also the tallest of hobbits, Meridoc being the slightly taller of the two, taller than even the legendary Bull Roarer took, due to their having drunk large amounts of Entwater. Merry married Estella Bolger sometime after the end of the Third Age. He became the Master of Buckland in Shire Reckoning 1432, or Fourth Age 11. He wrote several scholarly works which were in part of the Red Book, Herb Lore of the Shire, the Reckoning of Years, and the Old Words and Names in the Shire. Although he was not recorded as having any children within the family trees, he clearly had at least one son. In fourth age 13, he was made with Pippin and Sam, Counselor 
of the North Kingdom. Come forth age 63, he and his friend resigned from their offices and came down to Rohan, presumably after the death of his wife, at the request of King Aomer, where he is known as Master Holbitya of the Shire. After the king died, he traveled to Gondor with Pippin, where he was known as Master Perian. They both died several years later and were laid in Rathdynan. Both Mary and Pippin died in the following years, Mary at the age of 102, around 4th age 63. He was laid to rest in Gondor. When Elisar died in the 4th age 120, he and Pippin were entombed beside their great king. Mary had a short sword that was pulled from the Barrow Downs just outside of the Shire. The sword was taken when Mary and Pippin were captured by the Urukai. In the movie, Mary was given another short sword that belonged to King Théoden back from when he was only a child, but in the books, he got his old sword back. The armor Mary wore was also King Théoden's childhood armor. The young prince's old armor was more decorated than the royal guard armor. It was made from bronze, tightly wrapped in red-stained leather. The sword sheath was detailed with a motif of the king's army in procession, marching with troops, cavalry, archers, and hunting dogs. His helm was a mixture of bronze and copper mixed with the red leather. We recognize Mary for being a very sharp hoppet, and his tone throughout The Lord of the Rings depicts him as practical, loyal, resourceful, and the best able to cope with the sudden happenings that drew him out of his peaceful home. He was also praised by Aragorn II as having a stout heart, and Lady Eowyn as valiant. So there you have it, the history of Merry and Pippin. Next week, we will be going over the Old Forest and Tom Bombadil. Last bit of notes before I let you go. If you do want more content, feel free to check out our Facebook page, Ministerith Archives, History of Middle-Earth, or check out our website, ministeritharchives.com. We also have a Facebook group that you can talk and chat with some other Lord of the Rings fans in, just History of Middle-Earth podcast. And we are also on Instagram at History of Middle-Earth pod. And that's it for this week's episode. If you like it, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you back next time. Till then, I'm your host, Phil, and you're listening to the History of Middle-Earth podcast. Can you sing, Master Hobbit? Well, yes. At least, well enough for my own people. But we have no songs for great halls and evil times. And why should your songs be unfit for my halls? Come, sing me a song. Home is behind the world ahead And there are many paths to tread Through shadow Stars are all alive. Mist and shadow, cloud and shade, all shall
Bye.